Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. Overcoming the world. In this podcast, Eckhart talks about how many of us react when the world doesn't go our way. He says we either surrender and accept the situation, or more often than not, we go into victim mode. Victim of circumstance, victim of other people, or even God. He goes on to explain if loss is involved, then bitterness and anger set in, and the ego becomes more entrenched. Eckhart mentions the ancient wisdom of Buddha, who talked about suffering and the end of suffering. And Jesus, who said, You will have tribulation, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Eckhart asked participants to ponder what it means to overcome the world. He explains it has nothing to do with external power because it's an internal realization. He says, The turbulent times that we live in provide ample opportunity to reach the eternal, boundless part of ourselves. Eckhart believes we overcome the world when we don't derive our sense of identity from the world. When the self, the little self, the egoic self, when the world does something to it, either one or two things can happen. You come into a deep acceptance. Sometimes after suffering, you suddenly surrender. And then something opens up. And there's a You still are sad on the surface level, but deep down there's a a peace that passes all understanding. But it can also happen when you experience loss that you become bitter and angry. The ego lost things that it identified with and immediately creates another set of concepts, self-concepts that say you are angry with the world. I have been, you're the victim of circumstances, you're a victim of God, you're a victim of other people, and you become bitter and angry, and immediately the ego forms again another identity, conceptual identity. This is particularly important because we are moving into turbulent times as a collective, probably affecting perhaps the entire planet, we are moving into a time of turbulence. I feel this is only the beginning. And at the same time, this becomes an enormous opportunity for awakening into this dimension. Because the strange thing is, no human being awakens from within their comfort zone. Sad fact. (laughs) The ego doesn't like that, so the fact that there's applause here means you're already beyond ego and you've recognized the truth of it. And this is there's a deep, deep truth in that. 
I have not met any human that awakened from within their comfort zone. They awakened through facing, to use a, some almost a biblical term, they awakened through facing tribulation. Tribulation. In this world, you will find tribulation, said Jesus. Wherever you go, the Buddha said the same thing. In this world, you will find dukkha, said the Buddha, translated as suffering, can also be translated as misery, unsatisfactoriness, and all just plain unhappiness. So that's what the, the Buddha said, this what wherever you go, you'll find that unless you awaken. And Jesus said, in this world, you will find tribulation. Then he added, but I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world, and he shows people how to overcome the world. What does that mean? I have, not Jesus did not have any worldly power, so in that sense, he hadn't overcome the world like Alexander the Great, great conqueror, none of that. Overcome is an internal realization. You no longer derive your identity from the things of this world, but you can still live with them and play with them. It's fine. They're actually quite beautiful when you play with the things of this world. You can appreciate form, and when it leaves you or it breaks or it's taken away, you did not need it for your sense of identity. You can enjoy this world when you do not need it to give you an identity. You can enjoy other human beings too and their company and their presence, but you don't need them to complete your identity. Why don't you need them anymore? Because you already have found your identity and you are connected with your essence identity as the awareness as the consciousness. That's who I am. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NextGuard Plus, a Foxiloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. So this is a wonderful freedom and now people will have to find that because we are moving into such uncertain times. Many people will lose things that gave them their identity. And that's a great thing. And many people will lose also a sense of certainty or security that was delusory anyway. No matter how many insurance policies you have, it doesn't mean that the universe is not impermanent and fleeting. And to look to things or people or situations or places or attainments 
to look to those things for your identity that leads to suffering and unconsciousness. Your primary purpose is to find the and stay connected to the depths of who you are in being, so that you are not just a human, but you are a human being. You are conscious of the being dimension. In the being dimension, you, are, you, are, you, are, you have no age. You're not young or old. You have no gender. Sorry. You have no status in the being dimension, whether in the eyes of the world, your life up to now has been a fantastic success story or the most dreadful failure to take two extremes, <laughs> makes no difference. The being is beyond that. There's no age in it, there's no gender in it, there's no differentiation in that. It's the source. Then you no longer need to defend an identity that was fictitious anyway. You are comfortable with, sometimes with not being right, others show you, no, you're wrong. Oh, really? Whereas before, being right was an important part of your conceptual identity. The most dreadful thing for an egoic self is to be shown to be wrong, because it's a death, it's a kind of death. And you, can, you still have opinions, you have opinions, but the opinions do not turn into an identity. If opinion turns into identity, then we get all the drama that we have on, on social media and all that. <laughs> because opinions have become identities. It's crazy. What is an opinion? It's a mental, it's a concept, a construct. But you can still have the opinion and still voice your opinion without the defensiveness and the aggression that would be there if you equate opinion with identity. But you need to have something more powerful, deeper than this mind-made identity. And that's why that is the essence of who you are beyond thought. So it is very important as much as possible to remind yourself to come into, and here we come to the one of the main portals, or the main portal into the transcendent consciousness, come into the present moment. That is where the portal into the transcendent consciousness begins to open up. The present moment is a portal. In the present moment, as much as possible, you take your attention into the present moment, and it has stages. It is basically, what you say, two or three stages, depending how you divide it. The first thing, when you become present, so have little practices. Whenever you're waiting for something, become present. Whether you're in the car, or just a minute waiting for the elevator, or waiting for somebody to answer the phone, a human being to, to answer the phone, it could take hours. And so you're waiting, and why waste that beautiful time and use it for presence? Now, how does it work? How do you, how do you transform an irritation while you're waiting into presence? So you get very irritated, 
airports are, are very irritating places these days for many people. Don't have to be, but for many people they are. Security is very slow and you stand and could take an hour to get through security. Oh my God, why can't they? They should have done something about it a long time ago. Why can't they? They're, they're just so incompetent. It's just unbelievable, completely unbelievable. I'm not going, ever going to use this airport again. I, I don't know. And, and the, the rest of the world is bad too. I just don't, I just don't like people anymore. And all, we are going to hell in a handbasket. I can see that. You become very unhappy. This is a very unhappy person. Why is this person unhappy? Well, because you obviously can't you see what's happening? This is why I'm happy. You see, you've been standing here for one hour, you're hardly moving, for God's sake. Okay, why don't you experiment with something? What do you mean? Experiment with being in this situation without adding any thought to it. The baggage of thought. This situation, don't add any interpretation to it. Is that even possible? Yes, it's possible. The interpretation is a habit. It's no more than a deeply ingrained mental habit. But you don't have to be stuck with a deeply ingrained mental habit. Don't add any thought. Don't interpret this moment. Just let it be as it is. Okay, I'll try it. But if it doesn't work, I'm going to get back to you. Okay, so still you're standing there, and now suddenly you do not add thought to this, which means you haven't been standing here for an hour. You're only standing here now. Because the hour was thought. Time is thought. <laughs> the hour, the duration was created by thinking. But in the present moment, you, you are standing here now, not for one hour, but you're not adding any thought. And so what else is here now? Well, one obvious thing is there's people around you. And again, you watch people. They're moving on some of the standing, moving their lights. This, you, and you watch that without interpreting as either good or bad. This is what is. And the next thing you notice is you're actually breathing. Oh, I'm still breathing. Well, that was a thought, but you don't need a thought. You can just notice your breathing without telling yourself that you're breathing. You're just breathing, and you know you're breathing. Oh. And you feel that your body is actually alive. There's a life that pervades the, and that life is invisible. The physical body is visible, but that which animates the body is not visible, but you can sense it because it's, it's just consciousness that animates the body. So you feel the consciousness that you are through entering the, the inner body. And here's the present. Here you are still standing, not adding any interpretation, not any, any thought to this moment. In other words, you have become completely present. Now, if that is the case, you suddenly realize that before you experimented with this, you were very unhappy. But you were not very unhappy because of the situation, because your mind was telling you, obviously, you're unhappy because of all this. The unhappiness was produced by your thoughts. 
<laughs> the unhappiness was produced by us, not by the situation, but by your thoughts about the situation. And you can experiment with that in many different situations and it, it works beautifully and it's a very powerful spiritual practice. Do not add unnecessary, sometimes thought is necessary, but in many instances, thought is unnecessary. It creates suffering. Unhappy thoughts create suffering, misery, and, an, and prolonged unhappy thoughts going on not for hours and days, but going on for weeks, months, and years, they produce a very unhappy little me that then looks at the entire world through the veil of its own unhappiness. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus chews. And nothing is perceived clearly anymore. It's a veil, that, like a f mist of fog that descends. And other people are, unhappiness can take different forms. Some people are continuously angry or they, they're full of grievances. And so if you live with that for some time, you, your identity becomes a, a one big grievance. And there are people walking around this world, they are grievances looking for a cause. And if you are a grievance looking for a cause, you continuously find causes, obviously very easily. <laughs> if you want to be angry, the world will give an unending supply of reasons for being angry. <laughs> so the little practice of not adding thought. So in other words, and again, we come back to that really is stillness arises. A very powerful sense of presence is there. This stillness is not just the absence of sounds, inner sounds. Silence, we could say, is the absence of external sounds. Stillness is the absence of mental sounds, which are thoughts. But there's much more to stillness than, than, than an absence of something. The stillness is the presence of an enormous power, which is the power of life itself. This power of life itself, as you become more rooted in that and go there as much as you can, and, and until it becomes almost, one could say, second nature to you, and it's always there in the background, then you are connected to an enormous power that is the power of consciousness itself that transcends 
who or what you are as a person. And, the, and then it can operate through you and you find your life in this dimension begins to be affected by this power that transcends who or what you are as a person. What form it takes, we do not know. It might flow into your speaking or writing or doing creative work or creating something else or removing yourself totally from where you are and going. Nobody can predict how this power will manifest through you, but it will manifest through you in some way. If only, if you are quite old, perhaps you don't have a lot of big projects anymore when you are 95, even 85, I don't know, then it can manifest as, as a deep, powerful inner peace that emanates and affects people around you, even if you don't say anything. You and this is old age is supposed to be that. Old age is supposed to be opportunity for self-transcendence because the self that you had identified with is coming to an end. You might as well transcend it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ancient saying, die before you die. That's what it refers to. Don't wait. The old age is a wonderful opportunity for letting go, no longer needing the, the egoic consciousness. But if you reach the age of 70 and you've been so trapped in egoic consciousness, you've rejected whenever anything, even remotely, spiritual or whatever came into your life, you immediately rejected it. Sometimes you're, when you're so old, nothing will free you anymore. You're trapped in an ossified personality and a, a grumpy, you know, this, it's a grumpy old man, that kind of thing, or, or woman, I suppose. Leave me alone. I'm, I know everything. It's all nonsense. Don't give me that. I know it all. I've seen it all. It's just rubbish. You're just a personality, strong personality, and, and one day you suddenly you drop dead. <laughs> so use your daily life, which is the best practice. Don't look for an ideal situation to practice away spiritual awakening. <laughs> the ideal situation is the situation you're facing right now. That's ideal for you. Use that and use the time that we are moving into for deepening, deepening, intensifying the already occurring awakening in you. When so-called bad things happen, you look at it, let go of adding any thought to it. What is bad on one level is no longer bad from a higher level of existence. There are different levels of truth. For example, incurring a serious illness is usually considered bad. Of course, it is a life-threatening illness. You would call it bad. But is it? It's an opportunity for awakening, too. And I have met over the years quite a few people, many, who were faced with a life-threatening illness, and it drove them into disidentifying from all the stuff that they had identified with, and they began to awaken as, as pure presence. I saw a few that 
shortly before they died, and they were luminous and they, and absolutely there. The personality was completely gone. It was just an enormous, beautiful presence. That is the ultimate possibility as you approach death. Interesting story from my own life. As you know, our gathering was postponed because I was diagnosed with a potentially life-threatening illness <laughs> and it required immediate surgery. So that is an interesting, very interesting story when the, after the exam, the man, the doctor said, you have the big C word, you have cancer. Oh, well, a moment of, um, my personality was disconcerted for a minute. And then I sensed a very deep, uh, there's usually a presence in the background, but the presence that I sense usually in the background somewhere suddenly filled my entire being. And then in the following days, I was just walking around as basically I had died already. I was just, just consciousness was left. And 10 days later, I had a big surgery and this thing was removed, and then the examination happened again, and they said, well, well it, you seem to be free now of it. it. hasn't spread anywhere, it seems. Oh, that's fine, thank you. It's... Uh, so this is... Um, it came to me, I was already well prepared for that kind of thing, but... It can be a, a, a very powerful opening for anybody if you know how to, how to approach it, if it happens. And death will come one way or another. So one could say people love these concepts. They, they, they have self-concepts that say, I could say, the ego always lo looks for new self-concepts. Okay, what can I add? Okay, now I can say, I'm a cancer survivor. Okay, I have another concept. I can feel good about that uh, until something else happens. Conceptual identities. Again, be very careful with any... Yes, also, if you're engaged in spirit, this spiritual awakening, be very vigilant so that you do not replace one conceptual identity with another conceptual identity. For example, you might progress from being attached to your, your BMW or your Ferrari and derive uh, an enhanced sense of fictitious identity from that. And then you go beyond that because you go to a talk by me and you suddenly realize, oh, my Ferrari is meaningless. Okay, I'm letting go of that. I'm now going on a bicycle just to show the world how spiritual I am. <laughs> <laughs> and then without knowing it, you have just as big an ego as before. It's just as shift it to something else. And this is sometimes called a spiritual ego. Can be very, very strong too. But so the ego is looking for always be careful so that it, the ego doesn't come I mean, through the back door as it tends to do. Oh, I, I acquired another, the other day I acquired another identity. I was walking in the forest, going for a walk, and a couple, a young couple, a man and a woman came in the opposite direction. And the man looked at me and he stopped for a moment and said, 
I know you from somewhere. What is your name? I said, Eckhart. Oh, yes, I watch your YouTube all the time. And I watch you all the time on YouTube. And he said to his girlfriend, look, this guy is a famous YouTuber. <laughs> Great, I'm now a famous YouTuber. I'm very proud of that. My next ambition is to become an Instagram influencer. <laughs> now, you might think I'm too old for that, but there are many wonderful filters you can use. <laughs> you won't even recognize me. <laughs> Beware of conceptual identities. Again, people, will, they want to give you identities. They, will, they want to impose identities. Don't take them on board. Don't, don't accept them. People call me a spiritual teacher. Again, it's a conceptual identity. And it is true that in this moment I'm a spiritual teacher. But if I'm still a spiritual teacher when I get out of this building and I carry this mental concept with me and derive my identity from it, then I'm trapped again in ego. So the spiritual teacher, for example, as many other things, it's a function, but not an identity. When the function operates, one could say, yes, I'm a spiritual teacher right now, but when I walk away from here, I let go of that. And that's very important for many of you also who are destined, or many of you are already, one way or another engaged in some kind of work with people, spiritual teaching. Quite a few of you will become, if you're not already, spiritual teachers, one way or another. And again, be very careful not to build, not to allow the mind to create another conceptual identity for yourself. So always coming back to realizing that who you are is not, not, not somebody, but who you are in essence is consciousness. So when I walk away here, I sit in the car, just conscious presence, look out of the window, can feel the, the presence, the awareness. I'm nobody in particular, just, just a field of presence. And then it's beautiful, it's free, you feel completely free, there's nothing to defend, and nothing to add. So be careful with that. Surrender all conceptual identities, then life becomes much, much easier. And particularly important if you're engaged in some kind of spiritual work because you don't want the ego to come in through the back door again. So the essence of our gathering here is obviously the state of transcendence, that is arising in humanity, you need, for the rest of your earthly existence here, you need to embody that and make that the main purpose of your life. Of course, you have other purposes. The purposes operate on the human level, and you should pursue them if they are not totally ego-serving purposes that would be pointless. 
but there are many purposes that you can pursue. That's fine, whether you are a hairdresser or whether you are an accountant or whether you are a stockbroker or whatever it may be. The important thing then is to realize ultimately what you do is of secondary importance, but how you do what you do is primary because how refers to the state of consciousness out of which you act. The how is primary. So always pay attention to what is your state of consciousness in this moment. As we started with that, when I said, if there's irritation in you, be aware of that, and then be aware of yourself as the awareness. That is, you're becoming self-aware. Awareness arises more and more, and you become rooted in the awareness. You become rooted in presence. That is your primary identity. I call it, I wrote about it, form identity and essence identity. Form identity is the physical body and the psychological form of you. That's the, the me, the human. Essence identity is that which makes the form identity possible. That is consciousness, if we want to call it anything. You are that. I am that. That's an ancient Indian saying to us. I am that, and you are that. So that is the purpose of human existence in this lifetime for you to explore. Do not allow the world to tell you whether your life is a success or not, because the world is a little bit insane. So don't take that on board. Success is how conscious you are. And if your entire life up to this point was one huge disaster, perhaps taken one bad decision after another, that's an extreme. Most people have a mixture of things. But let's take an extreme. Your entire life story up to now is just as dreadful. Okay but you're here now. And if you awaken now, retrospectively, all the dreadfulness and the suffering has had a purpose. It had the purpose of awakening. And retrospectively, it all makes sense suddenly. Wow. So that is, success is whether you are awake or not in this lifetime. Nothing else. So, you can still pursue your aims, but whether you make it or not, that's a weird expression, making it. Making what? I don't know. You, you, whether you make it or not is of secondary importance. Many people in L.A. are very ambitious. They want to become big stars in the big industry here, Hollywood. And yes, I'm sure there are some here. There are some have made it already and some haven't made it yet. And maybe they never will, or they will. It's secondary. 
You pursue, you do the best you can, but in the meantime, it's all of secondary. It's imp I sometimes say it's important, but it's relatively important. All those things are relatively important, whether you're poor or rich, or whether you are healthy or unhealthy, or whether you are whatever, successful or not successful, is relatively important. Whether you live in an unpleasant environment or in a wonderful environment is relatively important, but only relatively, only one thing of, of absolute importance, and that is the realization of who or what you are beyond this temporary form. That's the secret of human existence. And with that, perhaps we will conclude our gathering. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxiloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus chews. At Delta, we know Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing.